Welcome to the Beantown Podcast. Coming to you live from the banks of the beautiful Mississippi River here in gorgeous Memphis, Tennessee, where it is a cool 72 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, a beautiful <coughs> breeze blowing from north to south. I am literally on the banks of the Mississippi. I'm about 15 feet from the water, chilling out in the grass, and we are recording a podcast. This is the first ever Be In Town podcast, Hits the Outdoors. So with that, there will probably be some technical uh, audio adjustments, perhaps. I don't know what the wind is going to sound like. I've never had to deal with wind before on the Beantown podcast. Uh, but yeah, this is the best it's going to get if we're uh, doing feedback or, or listen back, playback later, and determine that the wind is really crappy, then uh, this uh, this audio will never make it out to anyone anyways, and it'll just be me listening to it. So if you made it this far, means the wind is not a major deterrent. My name is Quinn David Furness. I am the creator, host, and uh, more or less everything of the Beantown Podcast. This is stop number two in our Beantown Podcast spring break extravaganza road trip. Uh, maybe throw a couple more nouns and adjectives in there, but um, that's all right. We'll uh, we'll keep going. Uh, last week, if you recall, we were coming to you live from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, the Susquehanna River runs right through that city, the capital of PA, also beautiful. But week number two, we are coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. Right across the river is the state of Arkansas, the natural state and then south of us, about 10 miles, is the state of Mississippi, which, while I have been to, I've never spent much time there, um, but a beautiful area. If you've never done Memphis before, and I hadn't until this past fall, um, easily one of the most underrated uh, cities in America. It's, it's, so it's about the same size is Nashville. It's a little bit larger, but Memphis is very much blue collar, um, emerging from, uh, the, not, not the rust belt, but just a very, very much an industrial type of atmosphere. Um, but it's, it's just a very beautiful city. Um, it doesn't feel crowded in any way. It's kind of like Baltimore and that the downtown, um, area is not uh, bustling in any sense, but that's, I, I mean that in a good way. Um, the traffic is nothing compared to Nashville. If you've ever done Nashville traffic, that blows pretty hard. Um, yeah, you have a lot closer access to a lot of great hiking areas. Um, the Ozarks are only, you know, two or three hours away. The Great Smoky Mountains are only two or three hours away. So Memphis really, um, like Pittsburgh, in my opinion, severely underrated cities 
Um, but this one, one part of my job that I really like is being able to go visit and explore new places. And through that, I'm able to learn what cities I would like to settle down in and what cities that I would not like to settle down in. For instance, I would love... Um, well, I'm a Midwestern person. If I wasn't going to live in the Midwest, I would love to live in a Pittsburgh or a Memphis. Um, even central Pennsylvania has its perks. Places I don't want to live in include anywhere in the deep south or southeast. Memphis is definitely as far south as I would ever go. I'm not interested in New England. I'm not interested in New York or New Jersey for sure. Um, yeah, so that's my little uh, plug for Memphis. You're welcome. We're not getting any advertisement or sponsorship dollars. Um, in fact, you know, we've been trying to get in with Jack Links for months now and uh, emailed them, tried to cut a deal. Uh, they have not responded yet, so we will, uh, we will stay hopeful there. Fingers crossed. Uh, I am sipping some iced coffee. And I'm working my way through a half dozen of the institution itself, Gibson's Donuts. If you don't know Memphis, um, Gibson's Donuts is the place you want to go right when you get here. Um, the two best food things about Memphis are the hot chicken, which there are a number of places you can you can do that pretty well. Um, but if you want the donuts to end all donuts, it's Gibson's. Um, kind of uh, similar to a Voodoo Donuts in Portland, if you're trying to think of like an establishment and that important to the city. Um, it's not a crazy, adventurous, like ridiculous flavors type of thing like Voodoo Donuts. It's just pretty... Um, really good donuts actually and yeah so we are working our way through a half dozen of old fashions that is breakfast and lunch put together here got to tide me over until I get through work this afternoon and then potentially um, until I get to Nashville tonight um, I am extremely excited and this has nothing to do with uh, the podcast this is just me and my personal life I am meeting up with um, about as not not long last but old uh, a friend as one can have uh, my my friend Matt who has lived in the Nashville area for I don't know probably you know going on 20 years or so um, but knew him for a brief period of time growing up as a as a young kid and I'm talking like I think he and his family moved away when I was probably like I don't know eight or nine so yeah um, I have not seen my friend Matt in a solid 15 years and really looking forward to that we are grabbing a drink um, kind of just on the fly I realized that I was going to have a free night in Nashville after driving there from Memphis this afternoon and said hey I know one person uh, total who lives in the state of Tennessee. Let's make it happen. So looking forward to, to that. Always um, 
a fan of, of connecting with old friends, whether we've kept in touch or not. It's just, you know, there's, there's something to be said for sharing that bond when you're very young and, and growing up. Um, whether or not you've kept in touch, that's just something that, that life never takes away from you. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to exploring that. Uh, listener discretion is advised on the Beantown podcast for two reasons. One, we will occasionally use some um, adult language here and there, although we have cleaned it up significantly in the past couple of weeks. I've been trying to keep my stress levels low, you know, lower that, that blood pressure. Um, so holding my tongue is part of that, and that's ironic because a lot of today's podcast is going to be about rants because I've got a lot of things that I want to say. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the podcast is just subjectively terrible. So um, consider yourself uh, forewarned. This podcast, I did not write much for. I don't, you know, I'm not sitting down like, oh, man, I, I, like there's this half an hour material that I really want to get through here. Um, I've got a couple things um, to talk about, but really it's going to be pretty... Um, I know I say we're going to try to keep it short every week, and the next thing you know, it's like 42 minutes. Um, it's not going to be 42 minutes today because actually I have to. Uh, there's a crazy person yelling out the window. Uh, I have to uh, go to work, actually. So we're going to keep this brief. Um, let me get a donut here. Um, what's on the agenda today, if you're wondering? I got some rants to get through. I have um, some uh, some movie action. Haven't been talking much movies lately, but I got something that I think you're gonna want to listen to. And then uh, have a little excerpt. Uh, so normally I try to sing some intro, some outro music because that's what the people asked for. Um, without my guitar in any public place, I think I'm going to avoid the uh, the the rock songs this week. And uh, we're instead going to read an excerpt straight from the uh, the man himself, Mark Twain, master of the Mississippi, um, and uh, the mentor of men, if you will. And we'll read an excerpt from that. It's not anything crazy. It's not anything humorous or exciting. We're just going to uh, to read it. And if you've never read Life on the Mississippi before, it's a memoir uh, by Mark Twain. Uh, real life stories, his actual experiences. So we'll just read a little bit from that. Hopefully, it will just be interesting, uh, relaxing, and there's a there's a good message to be had in there as well. So let's jump right in here, um, so we don't go, um, you know, waste meaningless time. And uh, also, my computer battery is running low, and turns out there are no outlets in the Mississippi River. So. Um, I don't know what they did in the old days to charge their iPhones and shit. Um, okay, let's start off with some rants. Let me get a bite of my donut. Hmm. Let me tell you something before I jump in. Um, there's a special place in my heart for Gibson's Donuts and really just donuts in general. Oh, man, there's a huge log. It looks like an alligator. I wish you guys could see that. That's crazy. This world, man. Um, but as I was saying, there's a special place in my heart for donuts. That uh, place specifically is my arteries and my high cholesterol. So um, there's your uh, there's your little one-liner for the day. A sip of coffee. Let's start ranting. 
in the news this week. Uh, Bill Cosby, convicted, guilty on three counts. Man is going to jail. Bro, you seriously need to get better. Step up your game. That's the only way you can get with the ladies is uh, by putting stuff in their beverages. It shouldn't be that hard. Take it from someone who's like, we were talking about this last week. I'm like a winter six and a summer three on a scale of one to ten. That averages out to 4.5. If a 4.5 can make it happen like once a year, I'm pretty sure you, one of the most famous comedians of all time, can make it happen once a year, if not more frequent. So, Bill Cosby, F you, um, good riddance. And uh, I was reading about this the other day. So he's 80 years old. I think it's a 10-year sentence, something like that. A lot of people were saying, oh, he's probably just going to kill himself before he even sends himself to jail. That's interesting. And it raises, a, I think, a interesting point. If you know you're going to jail, and that's the end of it, right? That's where you're going to live the rest of your life. And I was having this conversation with uh, with my uh, my lady friend the other day. How you know what's what's your strategy there? Are you are you just ready to go right away? Do you want to live it out a couple of a uh, couple of weeks, couple of months, and then be like, "This is boring. Time to go." And by go, I mean uh, off yourself. That's the thing, though. It's probably not as easy as one might think to kill yourself in prison. Um, Cosby is home right now, I think more or less under house arrest, would probably be pretty easy to kill himself in that situation. So we'll see what Bill does. Um, pretty uh, pretty sad situation. Uh, pretty frustrating for a lot of us, myself included, who grew up um, with Cosby stand-up, grew up with uh, the Cosby show, Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. That sort of thing. Um yeah, it's tough. So, uh, my bigger question here, though, is why is Bill Cosby getting sent to jail and Donald Trump is president? There, I said it. Probably not a popular opinion in Memphis, but Cosby's getting accused. Of sexual assault, getting convicted of sexual assault, and is now going to prison. And you have Donald Trump, who's been accused of sexual assault, I, I think this about the same number of times, if not more, as Bill Cosby, and he's the most powerful, most important man in the country. So, um, I'm not a legal expert, I never claimed to be. Although we have given some legal advice on the podcast here in the past, but maybe somebody can uh, can explain that to me. Um, is it erasing? I, I don't think so because Bill Cosby is so prominent, so powerful himself. And I know 
it's apples and oranges to an extent, but at the same time, it's um, it, it maybe isn't that way. So, uh, if you uh, have uh, some legal expertise and you want to uh, give us an update on why Cosby is going to prison and Donald Trump is president, please email us beantownpodcast@yahoo.com. That's beantown b e a n t o w n podcast@yahoo.com. Um, or if you just have relationship questions or any questions in general, like what's the deal with guys eating donuts on their podcasts, you can email us as well. You can also tweet at us. We're at BeantownCast on Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever um, you guys listen to your podcast because that's what brings in the money. That's what makes this podcast work. That's how we um, potentially get uh, more sponsors or just a sponsor. So uh, you guys make it work. I love you. I loved hearing from you. Um, that's rant number one. Rant number two is is going to get a little personal. And if you're listening to this, uh, you probably uh, – there's a potential that you've given me this excuse in the past so so first and foremost i want to preface this by saying this is not a personal attack because i've known so many people who do this um and it's not i'm not attacking the person i'm attacking this excuse because i don't think it's a valid excuse and I'm, I'm calling bullshit on it um again happy to have people reach out and explain what they mean when they use this excuse but on its surface level it's it's total crap so here it is uh people who uh, kind of either cancel plans or just say that they they can't do something because they have to pack. That's it. Uh, how? Uh, I okay. I know that I am a man, and I am not like a neat freak. I'm not a super well dressed. I'm pretty low maintenance. But come on, I was doing this weekend trip to memphis and i recognize some of you have longer trips and you're going to different climates that's fine if i was coming to memphis for a week seven days even two weeks this would not change my process drastically we're talking plus five minutes perhaps i woke up yesterday morning before uh, coming into work at 8 30 a.m i wake up an extra 15 minutes early 15 one five to pack why because here's what that process looks like for me. And please reach out and tell me what your process looks like for you because I just don't get it. Um, I pull out my suitcase. I uh, pack any uh, work shoes or gym shoes that I might need depending on what I'm wearing before my flight. Um, I pack one or two pairs of pants depending on how long I'm going for. I pack one or two shirts, depending on how long I'm going for, and underwear and socks and a belt and ties. And in terms of like what I need while I'm actually traveling, I have a book. I make sure I have my music. I have all my chargers and my toiletries. What else are you guys packing that is taking your whole effing night? I don't. I don't understand. Like. Are people, am I just weird in that I'm not standing in front of my closet for half an hour, just standing there like, hmm, maybe I'll wear this this day, or ooh, I don't know if that matches. 
get your pants, get your shirt. As long as you don't look like a German tourist, I guarantee you're going to be fine. Um, I just, I don't get it. If you can shed light on that, please go for it. I know 15 minutes is on the short end of quote-unquote packing, but who's not doing something fun, social, or whatever the night before they're traveling because they have to pack? I just don't get it. Um, the way I see it, it's just an excuse for not wanting to do something, and that's, I okay, if you don't want to do something, that's fine. Just say, I don't want to do it. Um, I think people try to be a little bit too nice sometimes and dance around the bush say hey i'm not gonna be able to make it tonight um but but i have to pack can't be the you can't lead with that right um so that's what i want to say about that we're gonna move on um this is a brief one but hopefully this might be a psa for some people out there uh people other than my dad because that's a clear uh kind of superiority relationship but don't call other people buddy or bud. And I, I've said this to people in the past, and they seem really confused. Like, oh, I, I always just call people that, like, casually, just as a whatever. Um, it's it's not, like, I just don't really know how to say it any differently. The connotation of calling somebody bud or buddy is, like, a clear you're talking down to them type of thing. Now, here's 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 what i want to clarify about this if you're 30 years old and you're a waiter and you're serving a a kid who's 10 years old i don't see an issue with calling him bud or buddy right but when i walk into a coffee shop and i don't know there's a guy who presumably looks the same age as me and i so i'm 23 years old i think that i with my looks i can range anywhere from about 22 to I don't know, 28, 29. I don't think anyone's mistaking me for 30, but I think I could easily pass for, you know, 28, 29. Um, and that person calls you bud or buddy. I, I'm confident that not everybody is doing it to, like, establish that, that power, that dominance in that interaction. But I know a lot of people are. So just cut the crap. You can call me man you can call me sir i'll even go with a dude sometimes um but you know if it's a man hey man here's your coffee if it's a lady i don't think many ladies are getting called butter or buddy um, but miss here's your coffee um it's just a little thing it's like i don't we don't need to do it right we can change we can be better at that so don't call people bud um or buddy um, it's just not best practice. Uh, we're, man, the rants, this is just a rant podcast. I apologize here. Um, we're almost done with these. Then we're going to go into the movies. Uh, when you email somebody with a direct and clear question, like, Hey, can you do this on this date? Something like that. It's just an example of what's been going on with me at work lately. And they just don't even respond. Like, I... <laughs> don't know what what else to say you you have you can say yes you can say no but just not responding like that's not chill that's not cool so if you get a a a question via email or text don't just ignore it like try to be a decent human being um 
Oh, this happened to me last night. People who line up at their flight gates at the airport like 30 minutes before boarding because they want to get the best seats. Even it, it's, it's not Southwest, right? So it, it's not like if you go on earlier, you get a better seat, right? We've all got our assigned seats. You're either sitting comfortably at the gate or you're standing in a line uncomfortably at the gate. I don't... I don't get it. For a lot of people, it's the overhead thing, and I understand that. But I don't know. I just that can't be everybody's experience. Something else that I really love is when you have uh, like a suitcase or something that you're you're uh, you know you're bringing on board to put in the overheads, and the flight attendants or the lady at the gate says, "We are you know, overbooked or whatever, so we're gonna have to check some luggage." I know people who hate that. I love it, right? I get to check my luggage for free. I feel like losing your luggage on a domestic flight from point A to point B is is not a thing these days, especially when you're checking it at the gate. Like, how is I would again, if you've had that happen to you, then email me, but I've never had that experience just going from one one flight, right? You're not doing any crazy connections or anything. I know people who hate that. I love it. It's complimentary. I don't have to lug that stuff around. Anyways, um, last rant here, Graceland, how expensive it is. Graceland is like five miles south of Memphis. It's like 40 bucks for a tour. What the hell? Um, that's not what Elvis would have wanted. Not my America. Okay. Um, we have to move on here. Uh, uh, movies. Spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. If you have not seen it yet, close your ears as I get another donut here. We are doing spoilers for uh, Avengers 3. Uh, Number one, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Number two, Han Solo dies, and it's Adam Driver who kills him. Number three, uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are the same character. Number four, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. Prize. Number five, Teddy Daniels is an anagram of Andrew Latus. Number six, final spoiler, Jigsaw is in the room the whole time. Uh, that's the end of the spoilers. I want to get through that quickly. Um, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard good things. Uh, I can't stand these, like, 30 superhero movies. I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. Ant-Man's not even in this one. Neither is Jeremy Renner. Neither is Clark Gregg. Um, is that his name? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guy? I don't know. From uh, New Adventures of Old Christine. I love that guy. Uh, so, yeah, there are your spoilers. The last thing we want to get to here is, as promised, the excerpt from Life on the Mississippi. Um, so, before... Uh, oh, man, look at the size of that boat. It's like 200 yards long. That's so cool. Uh, let me get a bite here. Mm. Coming up uh, next couple of weeks on the Beantown Podcast, next week, we're super excited. We're going to be live from Boston, Massachusetts. That's going to be lit. Um, we're going out there to do a podcast with... Ryan Ligon and Kristen English of the Car Ride Convos podcast. Very funny people. Very well-produced podcast. Um, check that out. If you get the chance, we're going to be uh, guest starring on one of those. A week after that, we will be live from Washington, D.C. 
Um, that should be a lot of fun. Nation's capital. Maybe we'll talk politics. Maybe we'll get Chuck Todd on. I don't know. Sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd. Is that what Trump says? Mm. Damn, these donuts are good. So, yeah. This was uh, stop number two on the Beantown Podcast Spring Break Road Trip Extravaganza. Uh, this has been Quinn David Furness. Thank you for listening. We are going to close it out with an excerpt from Life on the Mississippi. Um, it's it's fairly long, actually. I was trying to find one that I really wanted, um, but that was brief. And I couldn't find exactly what I wanted to say. So we're going to go a little bit long with the excerpt. We're not talking like 10 minutes, but um, that's all that's going to be left on the podcast here. That's how we're going to close it. So if you're not interested in wit and wisdom from the Twain master himself, um, thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week live from Boston, Massachusetts. Without further ado, here's Mark Twain. This is an excerpt from his memoir, Life on the Mississippi. Now, when I had mastered the language of this water and had come to know every trifling feature that bordered the great river as familiarly as I knew the letters of the alphabet, I had made a valuable acquisition, but I had lost something too. I had lost something which could never be restored to me while I lived. All the grace, the beauty, the poetry had gone out of the majestic river. I still keep in mind a certain wonderful sunset which I witnessed when steamboating was new to me. A broad expanse of the river was turned to blood. In the middle distance, the red hue brightened into gold, through which a solitary log came floating, black and conspicuous. In one place, a long, slanting mark lay sparkling upon the water. In another, the surface was broken by boiling, tumbling rings that were as many-tinted as an opal. And where the ruddy flush was faintest was a smooth spot that was covered with graceful circles and radiating lines ever so delicately traced. The shore on our left was densely wooded, and the somber shadow that fell from this forest was broken in one place by a long, ruffled trail that shone like silver, and high above the forest wall, a clean-stemmed dead tree waved a single leafy bow that glowed like a flame in the unobstructed splendor that was flowing from the sun. There were graceful curves, reflected images, woody heights, soft distances, and over the whole scene, far and near, the dissolving lights drifted steadily, enriching it, every passing moment, with new marvels of coloring. I stood like one bewitched. I drank it in, in a speechless rapture. The world was new to me, and I had never seen anything like this at home. But as I have said, a day came when I began to seize from noting the glories and the charms which the moon and the sun and the twilight wrought upon the river's face. Another day came when I ceased altogether to note them. Then, if that sunset scene had been repeated, I should have looked upon it without rapture and should have commented upon it inwardly in this fashion. This sun means that we are going to have wind tomorrow. That floating log means that the river is rising, small thanks to it. That slanting mark on the water refers to a bluff reef which is going to kill somebody's steamboat one of these nights. If it keeps on stretching out like that, those tumbling boils show a dissolving bar and a changing channel there. 
The lines and circles in the slick water over yonder are a warning that that troublesome place is shoaling up dangerously. That silver streak in the shadow of the forest is the break from a new snag, and he has located himself in the very best place he could have found to fish for steamboats. That tall dead tree with a single living branch is not going to last long. And then how is a body ever going to get through this blind place at night without the friendly old landmark? No, the romance and the beauty were all gone from the river. All the value any feature of it had for me now was the amount of usefulness it could furnish toward compassing, compassing, excuse me, the safe piloting of a steamboat. Since those days, I have pitied doctors from my heart. What does the lovely flush in a beauty's cheek mean to a doctor but a break that ripples above some deadly disease? Are not all her visible charms sown thick with what are to him the signs and symbols of hidden decay? Does he ever see her beauty at all, or doesn't he simply view her professionally and comment upon her unwholesome condition all to himself? And doesn't he sometimes wonder whether he has gained most or lost most by learning his trade? <laughs>